Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in Genesis. We're in chapter 26, and I'm unfortunately still battling allergies. So I'll do my best to get through um, this study. So pardon me for the changes in my voice. So um, this is a chapter, um, chapter 26. Uh, we begin to see a little bit more uh, in some of the life of Isaac now. Um, he had just gotten the birthright. From, you know, from selling his, um, from getting his, buying the birthright of Esau over a bowl of stew. Um, we saw that last time. But now we begin to see a little bit more about um, Isaac's living. And uh, as McGee points out, a lot of times they say, like father, like son. A lot of the things that <clears throat> Abraham did right, Isaac did. Um, he was. Um, God was with him, but also many of the mistakes that Abraham made, many of the sins that Abraham committed. <clears throat> Again, Abraham wasn't perfect, <clears throat> but Isaac made many of the same sins. So, a very in this chapter, we see a lot of parallels between Abraham and Isaac. So let's jump in. 20, chapter 26, verse 1. There was a famine in the land besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. In other words, the writer is saying to us, there was a famine just like the famine that Abraham had. So it's not that same famine, but it was another famine. And again, the tests that Abraham was put under with the famine is, you know, he's a wealthy man, but now you've got your security threatened, your possessions threatened. Your food is threatened. You know, there's pressure on you to take care of your servants. You know, um, all the people who are working for you. What's going on? You know, you're you're living by what you're producing in the fields, the crops. You got animals to feed. So you you know this whole this whole setup could fall apart for you pretty easy when a famine hits. So what are you going to do? Are you going to stay in the land where the famine is? Uh, this is the land that God has promised you. Or are you going to move away from the land that God's promised you? Now, if you stay, you're really trusting God. If you move, you're sort of trusting your own devices. What do you do? It is a, a sort of a test. Um, 
And Isaac went to Gear to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines. And um, remember, Abraham had gone down to Egypt. And, uh, you know, God had said, you know, you know, stay, stay, you need to stay with me. But Abraham had gone to Egypt. Now, <clears throat> Isaac, on the other hand, goes to <clears throat> Gera. Verse 2, the Lord appeared to him and said, Don't go down, Do not go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land of which I tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. Uh, for to you and your offspring I will give all of these lands. I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham, your father. Verse 4, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, and I will give to your offspring all of these lands. And in your offspring, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, my laws. So what it looked like looks like is maybe he was on his way to Egypt. Maybe he was trying to find, you know, in times of famine, you tend to go towards an area that is kind of established because at least in the city, you could buy things to eat. You know, there's, you know... Who wants to live out by yourself when nobody's got any food or water? <clears throat> so, in any event, God's telling him, and it looks like God's telling him to stay put. And so he does. So Isaac settled in Gera. That's verse 6. When the <clears throat> Now it gets interesting because in verse 7, when the men of the place asked him about his wife, he said, she's my sister. It's the exact same thing that Abraham said. Just like Abraham feared for his personal security, he was scared that they would kill him to get to um, his wife Sarah. Isaac is scared they're going to kill him to get to his wife Rebecca. A Abraham tells a half-truth because she was his half-sister. Isaac is telling a, a, a total lie because she's not his half-sister. <clears throat> so he, he says, she's my sister. Because she was attractive in appearance. Verse 8. When he had been there a long time, Amimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out of a window and saw Isaac laughing with Rebekah. Now, just a point on this Abimelech reference. Is that the same Abimelech? Is um, the Abimelech that um, Abraham was talking to and got to be friends with? Uh, <clears throat> my study Bible says it might be the same Abimelech, but... Um, most likely might be like the son or a grandson who just has the, has the same name, you know, like Abimelech the second or Abimelech the third, whatever. But um, <clears throat> because that would have put Abimelech, you know, a lot older. So it's probably uh, the same Abimelech, I mean, uh, the, the son or a grandson. But it's ironic, you know, because we still got the same name, the same lie, the same sin. <clears throat> under the same conditions of famine. And so when he looks out the window, he sees Isaac laughing with Rebekah, his wife. Now, what does that mean? Isaac, the word, the name Isaac means he laughs. <clears throat> so I, my study Bible says the, the writer sort of is making a play on the name laughter uh, with uh, about Isaac. So... Um, <clears throat> So, uh, in any event, the word laughing um, 
my study Bible says it's more of an intimate type of laughter, um, like laughter that you would have like when you're uh, intimate with someone. And uh, when he sees that, <clears throat> that Isaac is having an intimate moment with Rebecca, his, his wife, he realizes that this is not his sister, the way he's laughing. <clears throat> or it, it might be a word for being intimate with. So in any event, um, Isaac, uh, Abimelech calls Isaac and says, Behold, you know, she's your wife. How could you say she's my sister? So he, he like confronts Isaac. And then Isaac said to him, Because I thought lest I die because of her. Abimelech, you know, says, What is this you've done to us? It's the exact same response that the Abimelech response that uh, he had to Abraham, you know, when he when he discovers that, Sarah was really Abraham's wife. One of the people might easily have lain with your wife and you would have brought guilt upon us. Again, the same response. It's like Abimelech's more worried about, um, you know, getting God angry than it seems like Isaac was or Abraham was for this particular sin. So we get to verse 11. So Abimelech warned all the people, saying, Whoever touches this man or his wife surely will be put to death. Verse 12, And Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year hundredfold. Okay, so he calls out the sin. Abimelech says, you know, nobody mess with Isaac or, or Rebekah, his wife, because she's his wife. So then Isaac gets over that, it looks like. Now starts living there and planting there and reaped a hundredfold. I mean, he must have had a bumper crop. And it's when when you produce a crop, actions speak louder than words, don't they? I mean, people notice something's good. And this is, remember, in the middle of a famine. The Lord blessed him. And the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. So if he, if he has a hundredfold in his crop... People are going to buy. So you got Isaac out here living in Gear, Gira, and uh, he's like, whatever he's planting is just a hundred times. It's like, you know, think of like in today, if you make an investment and you make a hundred times, that's great. People notice. And he has a bunch of possessions. He had possessions of flocks and herds and many servants so that the Philistines envied him. Okay, because God is... Blessing Isaac. Uh, verse 15. Now the Philistines had stopped and filled <clears throat> with earth all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you're much mightier than we. So they come in, they're jealous <clears throat> and scared, and they come in and they want to shut his thing down. So they fill in all the wells, you know, and wells. It's almost like a, a source of wealth when you have water. Water is vital. Water grows all your uh, <clears throat> uh, water for your plants to grow, uh, to feed your servants or your people, your employees, to feed your herd and your cattle and all. Everything that you possess pretty much revolves around water. And uh, it's almost like drilling for oil today. You know, it's, it's a source of wealth. It was the whole economy ran on water. 
So they fill in all his wells. And then Abimelech, the king, says, just go away. You're, you're too successful. Verse 17, so Isaac departs from there and then encamps in the valley of Gera. In other words, he settles outside away from everybody and settle there. Because, you know, he's, it's, where do you go? God says, stay here. Verse 18, so <clears throat> Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. So in other words, they had filled those wells up. <clears throat> and he gave them the names that his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of spring water, the herdsmen of Gerah quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, the water's ours. You know, now obviously, they just dug the well, the water couldn't be theirs because Isaac's fellows had dug it, but they're probably saying, look, this is our land. You don't even belong here. We would have dug that anyway. This is our water. Get out of here. Okay? They're not right. They're not quite ready to fill in the wells, you know, because they're probably, they need the water just as bad as anybody else, <clears throat> but they're ready to claim the wells. So we call the name of the well Essek, which means contention, because they contended with him. Okay, so that's the name of that well. And maybe he just sort of gave it to him. I don't know. It doesn't tell us what happened. But verse 21, then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that also. So he called its name Sitna. That means uh, enmity, which means that's another name for quarrel. So apparently... You know, he had to give up the second well. But the third well, verse 22, he moved from there and dug another well. This is the third well. And they did not quarrel over it. Okay? So, obviously, it's getting, you know, <clears throat> pretty apparent that when Isaac's fellows dig a well, they're going to find water. And uh, he moves, and he kind of, he must have, maybe he moved farther away from these other herdsmen. But it was very apparent that, it would be ridiculous to come in and try to claim another well. <clears throat> but they didn't quarrel over it, so he called its name Rehoboth. And uh, that means oath, saying, For now the Lord has made room for us. Oh, I'm sorry, no. Rehoboth means room. And uh, he, he named it room because he said, from now, <clears throat> For now the Lord has made room for us. And we'll be, we shall be fruitful in the land. Okay, so now he's got his well. Um, from there he went up to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Fear not, I am with you and will bless you and multiply your offspring for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there <clears throat> Isaac's servants dug a well. Here we go again with another well. So Abimelech went to him from Gerah with Ezu, his advisor, and Phicol, the commander of his army. Now, Phicol was also named, um, I believe it was back in chapter 12. Phicol was also the commander of the army. And again, Phicol might have been a family name. I doubt it was the same. I doubt, again, this is the same Abimelech and the same Phicol back from Abraham's time. But it could be a family name for Abimelech and also a family name for Phicol. But very, again, very ironic that <clears throat> it's the same uh, name, you know, the same names in the same positions, the same scenario. 
um, with the son. So this was a big deal. You got the king and the commander of the army coming to visit you. Wow. Verse 27, Isaac said to them, Why have you come to see me, seeing that you hate me and have sent me away from you? You know, like I was already successful. You filled in all my wells and made me move around. <clears throat> Verse 28, they said, We see plainly that the Lord has been with you. In other words, everything you touch, young man, turns to gold. Everything, everything you're doing is successful. Every well you dig is a well of water, and your crops grow, and your cattle are growing, and you know, <clears throat> you're you're um. There's no question, and it, you're the talk of the of the desert, so to speak. <clears throat> so we said, let there be a sworn pact between us, between you and us. And let us make a covenant with you that you will do us no harm. Just as we have not touched you and not done to you nothing but good and have sent you away in peace. Now, I don't know if they did nothing but good because they sent him away and, you know, they had filled in their wells and all this other stuff. <clears throat> but it looks like they're trying to, you know, put a, a positive spin on it. You are now blessed of the Lord. So he made them a feast. This is Isaac making them a feast. They ate and drank, and in the morning they rose early and exchanged oaths. And Isaac sent them on their way, and they departed from him in peace. And that same day, Isaac's servants came and told him about the well that they had dug and said to him, We have found water. And he called it Shebath. Shebath. Therefore, the name of the city is called Beersheba to this day. I think Sheboth means oath. Okay, and um, the name of the city that um, he was at is Beersheba, and they still call it Beersheba. And the and the irony again is Beersheba is the same city area or the lo location where Abraham made. Um, a covenant with Abimelech and Phicol. We see that back in chapter 21, verse, looks like 31, chapter 21, verse 31. So again, same mirror image, and it's called Beersheba to this day. And I think Beersheba, my study Bible says, it, it is... Um, It is all. It sort of marks the southern. It was marking the southern border of um, of the land of Israel. So, in any event, uh, we get that, and then we just jump <clears throat> the last couple of verses. It's almost like, meanwhile, while Isaac's doing all that, Esau was forty years old. He took Judith, the daughter of Barry, the Hittite, to be his wife, and Basmath, the daughter of Elton, the Hittite. And they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. So his, his um, Esau's wives were sort of not worshiping the way that um, <clears throat> the nation Israel was. So again, it kind of points out that maybe Esau just didn't have any really thought about the spirituality of selecting a wife. And they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. They don't go into exactly what that means, but um, we get the image here that those brothers were always 
fighting with one another. So we're going to stop here. And we're going to keep looking at uh, the study through the book of Genesis. And uh, just really, really so many lessons, um, again, um, for us to know about trusting God, relying on God's provision. And um, when we see that we're staying within God's provision and plan for us, God's blessings are apparent. And we may not notice it, but others do. And uh, others notice um, the impact that God has on Isaac's life and with Isaac's life. And uh, Isaac doesn't get bitter. Isaac is always, you know, he's ready to make peace with people that have pretty much said, you know, get away from us. But Isaac is... um, is Trusting in God, and God is supplying his needs and provision. And we see that with water. And uh, McGee makes the point that water is sort of like analogous to the Word of God. God's Word, God's provision. Um, We see that translated into water. Perhaps with us today, what is your water? What is my water? Well, we, we continue to feed on water. That is the Word of God. That is... It's like our whole economy runs on water when you drill down to it. If you don't have water, the whole thing falls apart. We sometimes take water for granted, but a famine occurs and you don't have water. It's like a famine occurs if you don't have the Word of God. It's like a famine. If you don't have the Word of God, everything dries up and dies. And um, just like if you don't have water. Everything dries up and dies. So we'll stop here. I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to what you have got to say today. So from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ. We'll see you next time.